We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Joe O Show on 670 The Score. All right, so I just came across this. This is from the Rich Eisen Show earlier on today. And uh, Rich Eisen had NFL insider Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, a twice-a-week regular right here on Sports Radio 670. The score, and he seems pretty plugged in with the Bears. And uh, he's been following all season long what's going on with the head coach and general manager. Many believed after the six-game losing streak that there was definitely going to be change. But then the Bears threw a wrinkle at everyone by finishing 3-1, and one, beating up on some poor defenses, scoring a lot of points, something they haven't done over the last couple of years. And then uh, the season wrapped yesterday with a loss to the Packers. So once again, they go 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, take a listen to Mike Florio, and uh, you can react by texting or calling 312-644-6767. Here's insider Mike Florio on the Rich Eisen show discussing the Bears situation. Did the Bears finish the way that they finished? I know that they did they they still got boat raced in the fourth quarter by Green Bay, which is just a remarkable team this year. Um did their finish and the fact that they're in the playoffs and you know they're going to New Orleans, we'll see how that goes. That was going to be the matchup if there wasn't a double doink a couple of years ago. Um, do you do you think that this is uh, uh, now going to run it back situation? Pace and Nagy and even Trubisky. What do you think about the way the Bears finished? I think finished? Pace and uh, yeah, Rich. I think Pace and Nagy will be back. Trubisky is to be determined based upon what he does in the postseason. They didn't pick up his fifth year option, so he becomes a free agent unless they sign him to a new contract or use the franchise tag. I think they'd have to at least get to the NFC Championship game before they'd start thinking about the franchise tag. Now, if the salary cap drops to $175 million, the franchise tag values drop in a commensurate number. So it, it actually can end up being cheaper to use the franchise tag on Trubisky this year than it would have been to pick up his fifth-year option based on how low this goes. But he's got to prove it still. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be able to hit the open market. If he hits the open market right now, I don't know that there's a rush for his services. And if the Bears want to keep him, they'd be able – to, to sign him and bring him back. If he ha- starts having success in the postseason, that's when the analysis changes because now you got 18 teams sitting at home making their plans for next year, and they see Trubisky light up the Saints and beat the Saints in New Orleans. You're going to feel differently about him going forward. So I think the key is what does he do this week and next week if there is one. But Nagy and, and Pace, I think, will be back. I don't think that surprises anyone. Some disagree on the pace part. I am aligned with Florio there. 
No. Florio says, he's talking about franchise tagging Trubisky, which I'll address in a second. But make the NFC Championship game. Let's truly plan play this out here. For him to make the NFC Championship game, Bears go on the road, beat the Saints, Nagy over Peyton, Trubisky over Breeze. And then, then the very next week, take out the Packers. Go take out the Green Bay Packers. Up in Lambeau. And you get to the NFC Championship game. I believe that's how it would go. I forgot if they changed anything up with the expanded format this year. We'll worry about that if it's actually the situation. You win the game. Um, yeah. Okay. Then the value of Trubisky has changed, right? I, I know it probably depends how you would win. And just winning this week as 10-point underdogs at New Orleans, that feels like it's a stretch, but okay. And now you're going to be, what, the Seahawks, Packers? I forgot how it would play out with this new playoff format. Um, now you're, okay, first off. Talk about the teams that need a quarterback right now in this league. Let's talk about those teams, okay? How many of them? It is crystal clear to any observer of this Bears team that Matt Nagy has no trust in the quarterback and he doesn't want the quarterback back, but he said, fine, if you go get me my guy falls, you can bring back Trubisky. Listen, like, what's the market? We just had an offseason where we couldn't believe that Andy Dalton and Cam Newton didn't cost you anything, right? But then their play kind of showed why. That the front offices around the league doing the evaluating were dead on. Those guys should not have been paid a lot of money. So that played out. The market was correct. Are there general managers out there that think that they can turn Mitchell Trubisky around? That they are Mitchell Trubisky away from being a true contender in this league? If guys with skins on the wall can't get paid, is Trubisky? I mean, in Chicago, I would say people think higher of Trubisky than they do nationally. Where are the teams? The teams that need quarterbacks are selecting at the top of the draft. They're going to get their quarterback that way because they're actually pretty smart. They know, okay, this is our chance. Let's go get a QB. At the top, you've got Jacksonville. They need to get a quarterback. Number two, the Jets, they're going to get a quarterback. Dolphins have three. They might get a quarterback, but they're not getting Trubisky after drafting Tua. If they get a quarterback, they're going to draft another guy. Uh, Falcons, maybe they move on from Matt Ryan. Bengals have their guy. Eagles just drafted their guy in the second round. Like, where are these bad teams that need a quarterback? Lions, are they, they're, they're going to trade for Trubisky? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Panthers, they made a big invest, investment in Bridgewater. Broncos, they need a quarterback. We'll see if they uh, keep Locke around, but they need a QB. Cowboys, I think Dak's going to be back. 
Giants, I'm sure Daniel Jones gets another crack at it. Niners need a QB. Chargers, they're set for the future. Vikings in the division, they're going to take Trubisky away? Right. Uh, New England, they'll be looking for a QB. Arizona, they got Kyler. If he can stay healthy, they're probably fine there. Like, where are all these teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback? What is the market going to be for Mitchell Trubisky? Like, we know what he is in nearly 50 games. We know exactly what he is. We think there's going to be this big market? Why do you need to use a tag on him? If you're using the tag on anyone, you're using it on Allen Robinson. Oh, wait. The Bears don't think in uh, the most important game in two years that it's imperative that they target Allen Robinson. He got a, His first catch happened with three minutes left in the third quarter. That's inexcusable on many fronts. That's not one person's fault. It's a bunch of people. Like, really? And Trubisky after the game? Oh, I, I didn't realize. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Brutal. There is no reason to tag Trubisky. None. Can we stop saying that, please? Stop. What's the market going to be? Where is this big market? Give me the GMs. Give me the teams that are going to say, yep, Trubisky's our guy, no matter what. Not just we'll take a flyer. Not just that. It's we're going to invest. Come on. Where are those spots? Please. Let's stop with the tag. Franchise tag. Sorry, Mike Florio, but like your work. But come on. This is crazy. Now, I, I, I know the scenario he threw out there is pretty insane, too. Bears make the NFC Championship game. Trade for Carson Wentz. Yeah. Irreparable relationship, uh, according, according to multiple national reports, about the relationship with Wentz and the head coach, Doug Peterson. No. You see Wentz play? If you saw Wentz play a game, it's a hard pass. No! And no! My! No! No, thank you. I am good. And the Eagles saw this coming. Otherwise, why did they draft a quarterback in the second round? No, thanks. Yeah, he was good. Um, you know, Trubisky was a lot better than once this year. It's really not close. A lot better. Trade for Wentz. Give up assets for that guy? Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, there's Texas bringing up Mariota. Yeah, he got a two-year deal. Good for him. Two-year deal. That's not a lot of money by NFL standards, what Mariota got. And I go back to Winston, Cam, and Dalton. Those guys got nothing. So what's it going to be Trubisky? Where, where are the team? Oh, we need Trubisky. Vic Fangio? He's going to say, hey, there's this great quarterback. Um, 2018, when I was on the Bears coaching staff, his name is Mitchell Trubisky. There's something there. There is something there once in a while. What's that, Mike Rankin? I just trying to let you know that there's a caller here that we have, Paul in Lake Forest. He's got an idea, and he's got some opinions okay. on Mitch Trubisky and potentially oh. a team, oh, I think, good. Yeah, that could fit. So let's get him on the line. We do, opi- we, we do opinions. We do ideas here on Sports Radio 670, the score. Uh, Paul, what's going on, my man? 
Hey, guys, great show. You talk sports. That's all we're here to do is listen to people talk sports. Love it. And I'll go back to the beginning. He's going to New England, 20 million minimum for three years. Oh, no, oh, no he's not. You think Bill Belichick is saying, yep, we need Trubisky. Josh Daniels, McDaniels, or whatever his name is, loves him. And I'll tell you why. I don't know if you guys yeah. play golf, um, but anybody out there who does, and I don't know how many golfers listen to your show, but here's what golf is. Very similar to being a quarterback. Here's a guy who played 12 games in the in college. Didn't have any experience. Just like a golfer with no experience. Now you bring him into a situation where, yeah, they were successful for his first eight games, and the league figured him out. And it wasn't him. It was Nagy mm-hmm. they figured out, right? So you bring the golfer yep. into a situation with a bad instructor, and the instructor keeps giving him bad tips and bad hints. And bad habits. And you and you put him in a position with no offensive line. You put the golfer in a position where he's not getting proper uh, instruction. If you keep doing it wrong, you won't get any better. Your confidence is shot. I think uh, you can't bring a guy with 12 games of experience into the Bears with no offensive line. And, did you, and he has no time to pass. Did you see some of the times that uh, – uh, Rodgers has in the pocket to throw five seconds, eight seconds. What did Mitch have these three years, these first three and, years? And he didn't even have his best offensive lineman yesterday. No, I know that. Well, that's not, that's coaching. We won't. If you want to get into that, it's a whole different thing. That guy owns. That guy in Green Bay, he owns Nagy. He is so much in Nagy's head. Nagy mm-hmm. thinks he's this big uh, innovator. He's going to fake on fourth and do a rollout and throw a one-and-a-half-yard pass. If he had any stones, he'd have faked it into the line and thrown it into the end zone. That's innovation. Okay, so no, he, yeah. Nagy's behind the eight ball here, and McDaniels and Belichick are licking their chops to get a mobile guy. They're going to get a mobile quarterback with an arm just as good as Baker Mayfield's. And he, he's well, not coming back. You know, if you are New England, they will play to your strengths. They're not going to try to make you be uh, quarterback B when you are quarterback A. Like, they're going to figure out what you do, and, okay, let's build around that. Let's let's see what we have. But I, I as poor as the Bears are on offense, I think you can make the case that the weapons here with the Bears are just as good, if not better, than what is sitting there in New England. They're, they're going through a rebuild after decades and decades of domination. So I, I wonder what they're going to do at quarterback. They they have to move on from Cam. That's over. Cam's completely toast. So I, I don't think Stidham is the answer. So the, they'll be in the market. I don't know if Trubisky's the guy that they want. Are they going to attack through the draft or how they're going to do things? going to be very interesting. <laughs> a lot of this hinges on what happens on Sunday. I think a lot of us have an idea. But I think there's a big difference between losing by one score like the Bears did earlier this year against the Saints in overtime. If uh, we have a similar situation, the big difference between that and let's say you lose by a number of scores like they did yesterday against the Packers. 312-644-6767. You've got Joe Ostrowski on 670, the score on the radio.com app. At their own 31-yard line, Trubisky and company moving right to left. Play clock at 10. Down and set, back to his right, slot left and right. 
takes it, comes to the near side. There's Robinson's catch at the 35. Robinson breaking free at the 40, and then burrows down to the 45-yard line, and a mighty big first down on third and three in his first catch of this afternoon. Yeah, I thought we executed our game plan well. I think just for me being more aware aware of uh, who's, who's getting the ball and when, um, I didn't think there was an issue about who was getting the ball earlier on in the game because we were moving the ball and staying on the field. I think down in the red zone, I think we could do a better job of targeting those guys, um, A-Rob and Jimmy, because they've been our big red zone targets all year long. So um, I think just being more aware, having those conversations on the sideline and having those conversations with them so we know um, how we can get our best playmakers the ball in the best situation. So it, we got that's something we can improve on, and we'll look at it this week and um, just talk about it. Oh, goodness. 42 minutes until Allen Robinson had a reception in the game. I, I know there's a lot of you that are like, got to pay A-Rob, got to pay A-Rob. Well, were you saying pay A-Rob yesterday? And that's not a criticism of Allen Robinson. Dude's an elite talent. He's never had a quarterback in this league. If you don't have a quarterback... If you don't have an offensive play caller, a guru here at all, someone that's going to out-scheme the other team, like what good does a number one wide receiver get you? Honestly, I'm not saying I want A-Rob gone. I'm just looking at the situation that we have here with the Bears. Like To pay him a lot of money, does it really help you down the road? Are you going to win a lot of games? Are you going to win meaningful games? Well, they'll have an opportunity coming up this Sunday. Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670, the score. And, um, you know, it's Black Monday in the NFL. And we, we haven't had as many firings as expected this morning. You hear about Gase and Marone. And then uh, later on this morning, it became official. Anthony Lynn with the Chargers. I was wondering after they won the last four games if they were going to change course and decide to keep them. But you couldn't. You couldn't. Another bad, bad start out of them. Um, no, you got to move on. You, you've got your franchise quarterback now let's get him a real offensive mind. We got Ian Rappaport reporting this evening that the Chargers have requested an interview with Jason Garrett. Are you kidding me? Go Keep Anthony Lynn if that's your idea. Keep Anthony Lynn, man. Here's something that would be a major addition. Salute. Texans reporters are saying that the Texans have requested an interview with Joe Brady on the Carolina Panthers coaching staff. Now, you get Joe Brady with Deshaun Watson, and then you start to add to that offense. Well, first, they have to learn how to stop the run. We saw that a few weeks back. And did you see it with King Henry yesterday? That was beautiful. 223-plus yards, 9-to-1 on points bet. Hit that. Thank you very much, King Henry. Uh, it was 223 because that's what he needed to get to 2,000. That got home. That, that made for a fun Sunday. But if you put Joe Brady with Deshaun Watson in Houston, watch out, man. They're going to get better. I mean, the, the season that Watson had with no weapons on offense, it was pretty remarkable. It truly was. That's that's change. That's real change. You go from Bill O'Brien, even though he was fired the majority of the year, but you go from Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell up to a, a Joe Brady, that would be significant. And that's the way the league is going. That's what you need. 
That would excite me if uh, they were to land him, if I'm a Texans fan. <laughs> We've got the rest of Deshaun Watson's career, and, and now we have what could be a great offensive mind in Joe Brady. Impressive. Really impressive. Joe Osho, Sports Radio, 670, the score. And uh, weekdays, 9 to 11 a.m. on the Radio.com app, I host a sports betting show. It's called Bet Sweats with NFL analyst Ross Tucker. And you don't have to be into sports betting. Just this time of year, if you're just into football in general, NFL and college, I think you'd enjoy it. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Radio.com, or catch it live 9 to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday on the Radio.com app. So I wanted to bring you this conversation that we have this morning with Adam Chernoff. He hosts the Simple Handicap podcast. He's terrific at breaking down the numbers and and where he sees some edges uh, in the games. Love the setup. A triple header on Saturday. A triple header on Sunday. It's going to be beautiful. Don't bother me, wife. Don't bother me, kids. I'll be in the basement watching NFL all weekend. But uh, here's our conversation this morning with Adam Chernoff on my show, Bet Sweats. This is Bet Sweats, Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, and uh, throughout much of the NFL season on Mondays, Adam Chernoff is kind enough to join us, get his reaction to the lines that were posted on Sunday night. So no different today as we start off the 2021 year. Adam Chernoff now joins us. He's on Twitter by his name, at Adam Chernoff. He's the voice of the Simple Handicap Podcast. Adam, let's start with these wildcard matchups that are set before we get into uh, what went down in week 17 and your process with that. Uh, enjoy the Simple Handicap podcast this morning, uh, 11 minutes, and you were ticked off, man. And I saw it a little bit as on Twitter as we were waiting for these numbers uh, to post. You were very frustrated. Uh, can you tell our listeners and viewers what was going on with some of the – as we were waiting for these offshore numbers, and can you explain what was going on? Sure. Morning, guys. Um, yeah, it was an interesting situation because there's a prominent offshore bookmaker who for a long time in the past decade was always first to market when it came to playoff games. And then they sort of took a back seat the last couple of years. And with their main competitor out of the market, they became the first to post this year. The only problem was they posted the wrong matchups. And so... As the numbers came out and hit the board, they had all the matchups wrong. And when you're a bookmaker, especially when you're first to market, you exchange information for liability. And so as you take bets in a market, you're trying to discover what the price should be. The information you get in order to make a better price comes to you via bets and wagers, which is in turn for you liability and so the baltimore ravens are a team coming into the playoffs which are are were just grossly undervalued relative to where they were for the course of the season how they finished how much healthier they're getting they're arguably the second or third best team in the nfl at the moment going into the playoffs and it was very clear that there was going to be a difficult time setting the number on the ravens game fortunately for this offshore bookmaker they matched them up against the Indianapolis Colts, a game that wasn't going to happen. And this was as the last game in the afternoon was finishing, so right around like 7 p.m. Eastern time. Well, they opened the game pick, and it got bet up to 3.5 
because I think there was also a lot of uncertainty knowing from guys who just play numbers immediately that have bots connected to some of these accounts that were just blasting the Ravens because they were going to be the side where a lot of money was going to come in and adjust that price. And sure enough, Bet Online learns from this. I just dropped the name, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. They learned from it that while we were three and a half points light on the Ravens, and where it's interesting is because the Colts and the Titans are essentially the same team from a ratings perspective. The matchup against the Ravens was also the same when you look at how these two teams compare. And so they learned a lot from that. And then sure enough, we get the reopen with this game at three and a half. So a lot was learned from that. And a lot of betters were not able to ultimately get down at a price that was better than a field goal because that would have been an enormous bet. And so now at the other other side of three, Obviously not as great of an opportunity, but the chance to really take advantage of the markets just undervaluing Baltimore was lost because the matchups were posted incorrectly. So um, I, I'm, not, I'm not a believer that a book of that size and knowing that there's three games on the board in the NFL playoffs, that it was, it was an honest mistake. And so it, we're not sort of naive enough to believe that. So unfortunate situation, but now they got to the right number. So it is what it is. Wow, that's interesting, Adam. Um, I'm, I'm curious. We've been asking everybody this. I asked Joe. I had a real bad day yesterday. Do you typically play more bets in Week 17 or less bets because of the uncertainty? Uh, I ended up with eight bets in total. And out, the Packers game was the only game where I missed the number. I took five and a half and five, and it closed four and a half. And, and I didn't get that movement down at all like i understood sort of why it was happening but i really strongly disagreed with it i ended up six and two the, the one loss during the day was the raiders i had minus one and a half and they won by a point going for two but um well, however you look at that game it was what it was and then i had the over in sunday night football which 31 points in the first half and it never even came close to touching 43 so it was nearly a, a huge day for me to finish the year but still a big winning day for me to wrap off what was a d- disappointing season, but um, the last two months, the last seven, eight weeks of the season made back a lot of the huge deficit I put myself in. So um, it, it was basically a standard week 17 that ended up really well for me. So I can't complain with that. Uh, we got some breaking news, Adam. The sixth head coach was now just fired in the NFL, Anthony Lynn out with the Chargers. So uh, we were just talking a little bit ago about how, okay, typically on this Black Monday, you have all this breaking news, six, seven moves, but a few were made in season. So it doesn't seem like we're going to get as many moves. Uh, Is there anybody left to be fired? Any situations that we should be watching now that we've got, assuming they're not going to keep the interims, Houston, Atlanta, Detroit, Jacksonville, uh, the Jets and Chargers all uh, uh, making firings at some point this year? Uh, I've been away from the desk for about 45 minutes. I'm just on the phone right now. So unless something has happened, you just brought up Lynn. Um, I would assume that the next coach sort of on the hot seat would be Doug Peterson. Uh, I'm not sure there's anyone else that's still left in a role that is taking as much criticism as he is. Uh, Nagy sort of got bailed out, I guess, by this Trubisky run against terrible defenses down the stretch to ultimately help out the Bears there. But um <laughs> We'll see yeah. what ultimately happens. I know there was like sort of a vote of confidence for Peterson. Uh, there's supposed to be like a meeting tomorrow or something. But a- after what happened on Sunday Night Football, which I think is being viewed very much in the wrong way, but at the position that he put the team and so did the organization in and how openly criticized it was, we've seen that a couple times earlier in the season. 
lead to sort of changes in terms of how the GM and coach were, were going together. But this is already a situation where Laurie was walking out on practices, walking out on the team like four or five weeks ago. So there's a pretty big disconnect there. I don't, I don't know if it ultimately happens, but that would sort of, I think, be the next one to happen if there was going to be one. But um, nothing else really stands out to me um, now that Gase and Lynn are gone, which, quite frankly, should have happened a long time ago. Adam, you said um, you don't think it's being viewed the right way, what Doug Peterson did. I'm curious, uh, how do you think it's being viewed and how do you think it should be viewed? Well, I think it's being viewed that he was tanking. And I've been very anti-tanking in the NFL for a long time, and I've voiced it on the podcast. But, like, it to me it was ironic because I remember being on the show with you guys many Mondays ago in, like, week two or three of the season – Remember when Ron Rivera, for two consecutive weeks, just conceded the game at the end of the, they played the Cardinals, and I can't remember who the other team was, but he didn't take timeouts, he didn't try to stop the clock, he just ran out the game. And I came on and I was asking you guys, I was like, there was huge outrage about it, and everyone was like, no, nah, he wasn't, he wasn't tanking, and he was getting criticized by the media, and there was all this commotion about why he was sort of surrendering late in games and not trying to play the win, and his disguise for it was not wanting to get players injured. But then we get to the Sunday night football game, and now Ron Rivera is in line to be coach of the year and getting all this praise despite how he handled the late of second halves early in the season. And now everyone's saying that he's benefiting from the Eagles and Peterson tanking. Peterson came out like Wednesday or Thursday during the week and said he was going to play Sudfield at some time during the game. So it wasn't like just an out-of-the-blue situation where Peterson wanted to like stick it to the Giants and he was intentionally trying to lose the game. I, I don't think that was the case with him. I don't think that was the case with Williams in New York. I don't think that was the case with Lynn a number of times. I think we just like to look for a story because it's easy to talk about when really it's just a lot of incompetent coaches and coordinators who are under the spotlight who aren't great at handling late game situations or games where there's not a lot of meaning trying to do something more than they actually need to do. And so I think when you look at the NFL, there's 50-plus guys on the sideline playing a very physical game. The idea that they're just going out there and playing at less than 100%, putting themselves at risk with injury when career lifespans in the NFL are so short, it, it to me it doesn't make a lot of sense. I know we like to talk about it in the media, but it's just not something that I buy. And in this case, it's – it's Rivera who was being accused of the same thing 14, 15 weeks ago that now Peterson is being accused for in the same game and Rivera is getting praised for what he did during the season. So I think it's just a matter of results and the coach is getting um, sort of put under the spotlight for, for things they don't necessarily, um, I guess, think too much about what they're doing in the moment. Uh, Adam, uh, we have line movement on the majority of the six wildcard games that we're going to be watching on Saturday and Sunday uh, from the openers to uh, right now here on Monday morning. Is there anything that you have bet into? And if not, what is the most significant move? I haven't bet anything yet. Um, there's a couple sides that I'm looking at that I'm interested in, but I'm not necessarily looking at any of the movement to date as significant as it's just sort of been jockeying around the key numbers of three, seven and 10. So like the Baltimore game, for instance, there was by at three and a half on Tennessee. Then there was by the other way at Baltimore at three in the Colts game. There was by at seven and a half and there was buyback at six and a half in the bears game. There was by 
at 10 and a half, and then there was buyback the other way at nine and nine and a half, and then the Buccaneers got bet at seven. They also got bet at seven and a half um, at some places that took it up to eight. So, so it's just been a lot of sort of back and forth around key numbers. Nothing that I would really consider to be like a huge position or sort of a huge correction. Baltimore, I mean, that was a mess with the wrong matchup, but once they got to the right number, like that thing's been sort of locked in place. So I'm not putting too much value into the movement overall. Um, I am curious to see how high Washington is going to get. And the reason I say that is the Bucks obviously coming in to the postseason off a number of wins in a row, very good performance down the stretch. Um, we don't know necessarily the status of Mike Evans, or maybe something came up in the last 45 minutes I didn't see. But um, Brady and the Buccaneers against top 10 defenses this season, they played four. They haven't covered any of those games. They're nine and two against the spread. They're nine and two straight up and against the spread against defenses below average. We know Washington very much an above average defense, terrific at generating pressure. And so that matchup with this point spread being inflated now up to eight, it's being bet up. I think it has the potential to go a little bit higher yet. And so I'll be curious to see how high that goes because I don't think it's that bad of a spot for Washington, nor is it that bad of a matchup overall. Um, and I think with Smith and McLaurin and Gibson all back for Washington, they have the potential to move the football a little bit on this Buccaneers defense uh, and not make too many mistakes. We know that Smith and, and Washington don't make that many mistakes with him under center. So I think it's a bit of a lower variance game than it's being made out to be. And this number by the end of the week could be a little bit too high. So I would be interested to see how high that one goes. And really, I'm just hoping someone gets antsy and puts a lot of money on Tennessee because I would love to be involved with Baltimore at three and a half. It's tough, but I, I just think that the Tennessee Titans defense is just atrocious and the Ravens, even at this price, um, even though it's close to being correct, they're just um, such a great team and it's such a great matchup for them. And people are going to be anchored to the regular season matchup as well as the last postseason matchup where um, the Ravens failed to win as a big favorite against the Titans. But lest we forget, Baltimore put up 550 yards of total offense and had eight different drives inside the Tennessee 40 in that game. They ended up coming away with 12 points. So um, I, I really think the Ravens can make a run in the playoffs. So uh, I'm hoping that number comes down to three and there's a reasonable chance to get involved with the Ravens, but I'm not sure it happens. Adam, last one for me. Uh, any Super Bowl futures at this point, at the start of the postseason that you would look at, or do you feel like all the value has kind of been zapped out of those? For the most part, it has. Um, I think a lot of people will be attracted to the Seahawks, just given the fact that they get sort of a favorable matchup here with the Rams starting Wolford. If I had to look at anyone in the NFC, I would definitely be looking the way of the Packers, despite the short price. Um, this is a team that they haven't benefited from a ton of turnover luck. They haven't benefited from a ton of these tight games and single-score victories like we saw them last season. They're doing it all with extremely efficient passing, extremely efficient play out of Rodgers. They just look so in control and command of their offense and matched up against really any other opponent except the Saints in this NFC bracket. Uh, I think there's a lot of positives for the matchups for them. So it's a short price. Um, maybe a touch of value with Green Bay, but I don't know if I'll ultimately get involved. I'll probably just end up um, betting them along the way as we go in the couple playoff games. But I, I certainly think uh, that they can be contending for a Super Bowl 
come uh, a couple weeks from now. So, Adam, the big uh, the big teaser to watch out for that the world will be on will be Buffalo to Tampa to maybe Alabama, right? Uh, I would be surprised if that's not already in several <laughs> accounts at every single sports book across the globe. But that's certainly yeah. uh, any any two of those three or all three together is is going to make a lot of cards for sure. No doubt. Uh, Adam Chernoff, check out the Simple Handicap Podcast. Uh, does a great job every single day, just 10 to 15 minutes of your time. Follow him on Twitter by his name, at Adam Chernoff. Best of luck, Adam. Talk again soon. Great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, that was Adam Chernoff uh, with me on BetSweats earlier today. I, I do a two-hour sports betting show with NFL analyst Ross Tucker every day. If not in sports betting, we, we, it's, you know, as you can tell there, a lot of NFL chatter. Also college football with the championship game coming up on Monday. So a lot going on. I, I love the six games that we're going to be getting this weekend. Love it. You know, we've been hearing that this format is here because of COVID. And that's why the Bears only made the playoffs. Um, that may be what they're saying right now or kind of the narrative that's going around. I think this is here to stay. Once you expand, unless you're the NHL and you go crazy with it, once you expand, you're not going to contract. That's not how these leagues work. It's like bigger, bigger, bigger. And why, why do you think the college football playoff refuses? Because once they go to eight, they know 12 or 16 is right around the corner. I love the, I love the people that are screaming about more playoffs for college football. I agree. I would like to see more than 4-2. But then you can't complain when you get bad games because you're going to get bad games. So you can't be screaming for expansion then also be the guy that is mad that Notre Dame gets in because they deserve to get in and they go against these top teams and they're not on the same level, okay? So you better figure out what you want. I'm just saying. I mean, it sound like a Notre Dame homer, but I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Yes, they have played very poor. But you can't say they didn't deserve to be there based on the resume. And so then moving forward, kids that go and play at Notre Dame, like they should be punished because teams that came before them weren't any good in the postseason. Silly. Silliness. Uh, so if you're into sports betting, check me out at BetSweatsRadio.com every single day. And uh, I got this text here, 312 uh, if you can answer this one, do you like the Bears three-team teaser getting 20 points? So what he's saying is you have a three-team teaser, which means you can move the line. Um, and, and he's saying 10 points. So, yeah, three-team teasers, you can move three teams 10 points. So the Bears are getting 10. In a teaser, it would mean that the Bears are getting 20. So you get the Bears plus 20. Can they stay within that number? Boy... They obviously should. But the way the defense is playing right now, that seems a little dicey. Really oh, does. No. <laughs> it's I'm serious, man. Mike, you think that the Bears couldn't get run out? Like they yeah, barely gosh. scored twenty yesterday and it was a five point game in the middle of the fourth quarter. They got it by a point. This is a playoff team we're talking about, Joe. <laughs> you know, and they're getting. It's a good team. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're getting 10 uh, plus, and so they would be plus 20. 
Or, yeah. And you're still thinking, eh, I don't know about it. Jeez. I think Down I just, there? Yeah. You, the, I, I'm just saying because of the Bears' defense. I'm not even talking about the offense right now. Yeah, no, I just just on the ba- the way the Bears' defense is playing right now against the Saints, and Drew Brees can't even push the ball down the field anymore. But there's they still have Sean Payton, and they're probably going to have Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, the way the Bears' D is playing, don't you think they're going to give up 35 to them too? No, I think it absolutely could happen, especially we expect Roquan not to be okay for this game, and the secondary is dealing with, with its issues uh, regarding injuries, yeah. so I could totally see it, especially Kamara plays. and that guy, I w- yeah. No, if you're moving it 10 points, don't you move New Orleans down and then it's a pick 'em. That's what I would do. I would make the game a pick 'em if you're going to use the Bears-Saints game at a teaser. And then in the other two, if you're doing a three-teamer, the other two, I would probably take dogs there. Take underdogs in the other two. Take the favorite in this one. That's what I would do if I'm moving a – if I have a three-team teaser and I'm moving three games, ten points, move the favorite down, take the Saints to win, and then pick two more dogs of the other five. Going to be fun. Man, there were lines that were moving last night. Moving. All this Bills money came pouring in. It went from four and a half up to seven. Like, yeah, and now now they're tough. Now they're tough. This is going to be a lot of fun games. The Sunday games look so good. I'm looking forward to Titans-Ravens at night. Get the Steelers and the Browns. It's great. And you get better teams in the AFC. You're going to have better wild card matchups. That's for darn sure. Joe Osho, uh, Sports Radio 670, the score. We got score rewind hour coming back in the 9 o'clock hour. Some really cool stuff lined up. Uh, but let's continue with the Bears conversation coming up next on 670, the score in the radio.com app. Go Bears. Joe Ostrowski, Knights on 670, the score. All right, I need a quick, uh, I know I said I was going to talk more Bears, but I just need a quick Bears break for a few minutes here. Uh, we got some positive news earlier today in baseball when we found out that Boog is going to be the TV voice, play-by-play voice of the Cubs, along with uh, Jim Deshays on the Marquee Network. So that's something good. Usually when you would hear something about the Marquee Network, it's usually not positive. But that, that was some really good news earlier today. But since I have uh, my executive producer at my disposal here tonight, uh, he's Mike Rankin. And for those that are unaware, he is the editor-in-chief at Future Socks, that's uh, his, I don't even know, what, what What do you call your main gig? Do you call that your main gig? I spend Mike? a lot of my attention here, Joe, so this is my main gig, <laughs> but I also do okay. pay attention Because that's the one yeah. you are, yeah, you're presently, whatever you're doing at the time, that is your main gig, because they are getting your undivided attention. But, so, so Mike does a great job covering... Uh, the minor league systems for especially the White Sox, but he pays close attention. And, by the way, a huge Windy City Thunderbolts fan, yes. if you did not know. Mike Thank is, you. Mike is number one. <laughs> Mike is number one in the entire world. Now, um, what I'm curious about, and I really don't care that maybe it's not the time for this conversation, but I have you here, so I want to take advantage of that for a few minutes. By missing an an entire, uh, the, just missing the minor leagues for an entire year. Now, we know there's going to be an impact, but how much is it going to hurt 
some organizations or is it going to be kind of neutral because everyone is going to be impacted or or is this something like that we're going to be looking down the road like a team like the rays like even though they are low loaded in those lower levels and we know how they operate and they don't spend a lot of money and they compete year after year um will they be hurt more because that's where they get much of much of their players that's a really good question that we can dive into and I think it's it, it relates more to the revenue building, how each organization is able to do that in their various ways. And I think minor league baseball is a component of that. And I think it's unique in terms of contractual agreements between them. And here's something on the minor leagues, Joe, that I think really does impact major league baseball. And it's shown already. One, mm-hmm. in 2020, you had the shortened draft, the five rounds. So that was an indication and, you know, they, were, yeah. they had in mind that the draft was going to get shortened anyway at some point, maybe to 25, 20 rounds. We're still expecting something like that coming up. But then they also got rid of the Pioneer League with, uh, with a lot of organizations, including the White Sox, Great Falls, the Voyagers, they lost. Now, from a competitive standpoint, that's an interesting topic because there are various uh, levels of talent that you're not necessarily willing to send to, say, you know, full season Canapolis when they're 19, as opposed or they're too talented for the Arizona League, which is, you know, just general low level rookie ball. So I, I think there are varying impacts in terms of dollars. We're seeing it. the The impact of minor league baseball not being a part of the major league baseball conversation across 162 for eight months. I mean, that's a huge revenue builder, not only for those independent organizations, but, you know, they kick it up to the major league scene too. So, you know, you hear Crane Kenny and Tom Ricketts talking about how they lost money this year and as well as Jerry Reinsdorf. I think minor league baseball definitely yeah. had, a, had a case in that. But also that is strictly a business angle of it because the Cubs and the White Sox, in a business perspective, are dealing with so many different variables here. Obviously, we don't have to go into the marquee situation plus the renovations, the millions of dollars invested in that. So, yeah, it's, I think it's mutually exclusive when it comes to a business point, like standpoint as well as a competitive, we're staying under the luxury tax spending standpoint. Now, I think the Cubs did lose money, but you know, they're also trying to operate below the luxury task or tax so they're not spending more money. So I, You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's, it's kind of mutually exclusive there. But that is a very important hmm. point. I'm glad you brought that up related to minor league baseball because there's changing and it's impacting the landscape of uh, Major League Baseball today. Like, we, we've seen this. I want to ask you, as a guy that covers the Sox, we know where they are on this, but what else is, what's happening on the north side? I think that's the big question, and it went under the radar because it was over the holiday break when you Darvish was moved, but that just screamed dump. Like, you, you could speak to this since you cover the minors. Can you, can you explain what they got? Do they... Do they have any real prospects? We know we didn't get they they didn't get the Padres' top prospects, but did they get anything real there, or is that just they're unloading that contract and they're probably going to unload more contracts? I, I really liked the idea by Jed Hoyer here because he recognized that you Darvish is the highest valuable piece on his roster. It's also pretty costly, three years. He had twenty two mil owed. I believe going into next year, plus 19 and 18 over the final two. So that's a huge hit off your books, especially when you're trying to retool while also, you know, trying to 
get your farm system back up. And in relation to the return, they got mm-hmm. four young players. Three of them were 18 years or younger. And I I believe two of them were high uh, international signings by the Padres. So that's encouraging. They got a 20-year-old as well in the deal, but no pitchers in return. That kind of had me off put. But the thinking behind mm-hmm. it is the Cubs with a 23rd-ranked system in Major League Baseball, according to MLB Pipeline, and they haven't developed pitching at all themselves, and that's just me jabbing at the Cubs real quick. But the, the return that they got, the shortstop, switch hitter, 6-4, he could grow into maybe a third baseman just because of his size. But I was really encouraged to see just in the limited video and information I had on that player. He was the headliner, and I think he was ranked the 11th prospect in the Padres system. So, you know, when you're trying to rebuild a farm system, 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds are what you want to do. You're not going to know what you got for another two, three years potentially. But in this thinking, Joe, the Cubs have to adjust on the fly here. And getting rid of that contract, it's not necessarily a salary dump. I think they're taking advantage of getting rid of the money, but also trying to get some value in return while also thinking we can be competitive. Because Zach Davies, as a major league pitcher, he's serviceable. He'll he'll be fine. And this NL Central yeah, is very he, winnable. But he doesn't ma- he doesn't matter in the scheme of things, right? It's right, about right. what direction are they going to see? I I think the man, I can't wait till we can really dive yeah, into I'm this because it just went so under the radar. Like the worst thing that the Cubs can possibly do is walk into the season with Bryant, Baez, and Contreras on the roster, right? Like uh, otherwise, none of this makes sense. What's the value in Chris Bryant? Who do you have behind Wilson Contreras, Miguel Amaya? He's going to be 21, 22. He hasn't yeah. really played much above advanced AF at all. So no. you're invest in I, 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 that, I mean, we have Bryant just probably value-wise. We think he's worth so much in the real world. So much more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, good luck getting what you think he's owed, though. Yeah, for one year. I mean, come on. Like, it's just not based off what he's done over the last couple of years. I, I think people are way off with it, what they think the true value in this market of Chris Bryant is. Uh, but we'll see. And I, I'm sorry. If you're going to, if you're doing a full rebuild, I don't understand the point in signing Javi Baez long term. I don't get it. If that's what they end up doing, it doesn't make much sense. I guess you'll need a couple good players, at least. We'll see. Uh, do, are they going to move Hendricks? Is, is he going to stay? No, I don't I think so. Had, I don't think so. 14 you don't million think they're going to move him, or no, you don't think don't, he's going to stay? No, I don't think he's going to get moved. I think he's going to be the mainstay in their rotation. He's just too solid. <laughs> Why do you need it? If you're going full rebuild, why do you need it? Yeah, well, then the conversation changes if they, if yeah. we do figure out that they're going full rebuild. But until then, I, you, I think Hendricks. You guys stays. want Kimbrell? Oh yeah, Kimbrell? good luck. I can, I can help you out. I can help you out there. Uh, that's Mike Rankin, my executive producer this evening. Check out his work on Future Socks. My name Joe Ostrowski. Coming up next, we've got the score rewind hour. Some awesome stuff lined up. Don't go anywhere. This is 670, the score on the radio.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.